welcome Hoosier fans to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 221st edition of Assembly Call Radio and our 721st episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of July 22nd, 2021. I'm your host, Andy Bottoms. And uh, the sound has totally gone. This is where the banner moment would be. Here it is. There we are. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, albeit a little belatedly, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Smart takes the shot. Well, this week's banner moment, uh, there are not a ton of options for. I guess I'll throw out a few uh, potential. One is the uh, the IU player reunion that took place uh, over the weekend slash early this week. And what was interesting about that was that it seemed like a really good cross-section of, of different eras that were there, which I think is something that a lot of people have talked about trying to reunite and and have it less be about you know bob knight's guys versus mike davis's versus kelvin sampson versus uh you know archie miller tom crean things like that it, it seemed like at least from the uh some of the pictures that were shared some of the uh the videos from the hoosier hysterics guys that were there uh or tried to be there as it were um i i thought it it seemed like a good mix of that which is uh important something mike woodson talked about wanting to do and i think uh, a good early sign that uh, that hopefully that will happen the other couple things I would throw out are uh, more on the NIL front. Uh, first uh, was that uh, Trace Jackson Davis has a shirt out with uh, the Shop Indie, I believe. And uh, and then today, uh, word came out about an impending shirt that's coming up from uh, our friends at Home Field and Taiwan Mullen. Uh, so excited for that, perhaps, uh, a way for Connor and the, uh, and the team there at home field to get back in everyone's good graces after this, uh, the Kentucky rollout, uh, last weekend. So perhaps good timing for them, uh, in advance of the Tennessee rollout that's coming this weekend, but, uh, interested to see what they're able to do and a good opportunity to both, uh, support a, a, a business, all kidding aside that we have, that has supported us and that we have, uh, really enjoyed a good partnership with in home field and also uh, a, a football player that we've all enjoyed watching play so far in his IU career in Taiwan Mullen. So interested to see what that looks like. Uh, more to come on that, I'm sure. So with that, let me introduce my esteemed co-hosts for this week. They are to my left. He remembers the days when a movie cost a dollar. Heaven help you if you ever decide to pop your collar. Play hard, but remember, fake hustle is a crime. He's the coach and it's time. Coach, good to see you again this week. Uh, I'll open this up for reviews of the Clayton Anderson show that you went to last week. Whatever whatever else you want to uh, share with us tonight. Uh, it, it's been a good summer to get out to a, a ball game and to a concert. So uh, the Tonsoni boys uh, and Amy... Uh, enjoyed uh, a concert last weekend and it was uh much needed so it, it was good that way the, the thing for me this week was uh, again the reunion uh, of the uh, iu basketball players and specifically coach knight seeing pictures of coach knight um you know it it's it's just good to see him back 
um, doing things with Indiana University. It's a controversial person, the way it ended, and and and, and people, you know, wanted that to happen, not wanted it to happen say certain things about how he acted, but he was a great coach, just a flat out great coach and made Indiana basketball, the brand that we're fighting to get back to, um, regardless of, of any of the, the negatives, he, he can coach man to man, defense, the motion offense, just a lot. But when you're a coach and you go back and see your players there, there's nothing better um, than that, regardless of how long you've been away or the circumstances that caused um that separation. And, and that's one of the things that is really what I enjoy about coaching myself is, is seeing those former players coming back either at games, uh, stopping by the house, uh, contacting on social media. That is just special. And I know that it, it, he's struggling with his health. He's just got to appreciate all of those moments. And I'm glad that he can appreciate that and not still hold uh, Indiana University um, away because of, of what happened. So that was a huge moment uh, for me. Uh, to see that. And as you said, um, we're trying to get that Indiana basketball family feeling back again. And one of the benefits of bringing coach Woodson in is that maybe we all can start moving in that same direction of, of supporting the team and not being as splintered as in the past. That's a, that's a big wish, but uh, an event like that uh, is maybe the start. So, and I know they've done that in, in the past as well, but it just seems uh, that Indiana basketball is a little bit different and, and I'm enjoying that. All right, and to my right. He is from Crimson Cast, our uh, our good friend Galen Clavio, the head of the host of Crimson Cast, the head of Indiana Sports Media Department and the world's foremost connoisseur of tailgate delicacies. I even saw I believe a call uh in the in the chat for a potential uh, coach and uh, and and Galen tailgate episode to uh, to get us ready for football season. So in an off season where we're sometimes looking for uh, for topics, don't be uh, don't be surprised if we tap you guys on the shoulder for just such a thing. Although Galen had uh, you guys used a, a decent segment of a Crimson Cast recently to uh, to give some of those give some of those updates. So uh, I definitely encourage people to go back and listen to that. I I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. So Galen, welcome. You're joining us for a, a brief period tonight, but wanted yeah. to get your thoughts on some of the uh, realignment talk. But anything uh, IU related uh, on your mind? Yeah, no. I mean, well, first of all, great to be back, guys. Thank you. And um, yeah, it's it's funny the. The tailgate food segments have suddenly become the most popular part of Crimson Cast, which makes people think they might be not be coming for the analysis. Uh, but uh, that's fine, you know, whatever. Uh, no, you know, to be, uh, I, you guys both chose the IU basketball reunion, so I'm going to go with today. We had, of course, Big Ten Media Day for football, and that to me is always kind of the unofficial start of the season. We now have about a six week. Uh, stint of practices and anticipation as we get ready for the football season. But the thing that I thought was the best about today was the people's coach, Tom Allen, making the rounds in Indianapolis, not just going to media, but like stopping by the tap uh, on Mass Ave and and I think popping into a couple of other spots and uh, getting IU fans fired up. I think that's great. Uh, you know, the it's funny to me how much Allen has embraced that role, uh, not just of, of energetic guy on the sidelines, but almost the it's almost like a religious figure to some degree, like, you know, being able to like galvanize the masses and bring them in and and get them excited about things. 
Uh, so that's great to see. And we, we've seen that a bunch with Allen over the course of the last couple of years, especially. And it really feels like now uh, with a, a really good football team behind him, he's really leaning into that role. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it, he, the the religious figure is an inter- interesting one, but he's definitely embraced every single bit of what he has built, what his role is, and uh, and things like that. I like the people's coach uh, as well. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's get that on a t shirt, please. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all right. So this week we're going to cover a, a few things. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the conference realignment news that has uh, bubbled up a bit. Uh, over the the course of the week, and that's one that we wanted to get Galen's thoughts on, and more specifically about kind of how that might impact the Big Ten. Uh, and the second one, there's a few uh, random topics that got some good discussion going in our community, so I wanted to uh, talk through those a bit, and then we'll answer your questions as we always do coming up this week on Assembly Call Radio. So, uh, so you know, potential realignment news that came out this week around Texas and Oklahoma potentially going to the SEC. Uh, saw some, before I got on, there was some uh, source that was talking about other teams in the Big 12 wanting to really understand why, uh, you know, they would want to leave, which feels like that should be a relatively short investigation, but who's to say uh, where that shakes out. But uh, I guess, Galen, you you, you addressed some of this on, on Twitter, but uh, maybe talk a little bit about how, how those potential moves as they're being discussed might have some domino effects that would impact the big 10 as well, potentially. Yeah, this is a big one. You know, it's funny. The last time we went through this was about 10 years ago and it was really the big 10 that was the straw stirring the drink uh, as far as realignment first Nebraska. And then of course Rutgers and Maryland and everybody just kind of jumped in after that and, and tried to grab who they could. Uh, you know, Texas A&M and Mizzou moving to the SEC. It's uh, it's a different ballgame this time around. And it really feels like if this is to come to pass, and, and I know there's, there's some questions about it right now that we need to be uh, maybe, maybe tapping the brakes just slightly, but if it does come to pass that Texas and Oklahoma end up leaving the Big 12 for the SEC, that's a real problem for the Big 10. And the reason for that is really a couple of different avenues. One, um, this is now, I think, in college sports, a situation where, even more so than before, money and television markets and overall product and competitiveness and recruiting uh, areas are paramount, particularly in football. And football is really the only thing I think that truly stirs uh, the pot with college athletics at this point. Yes, there's basketball, but basketball is kind of a drop in the bucket from a financial perspective. Uh, football is really the important thing. For the the Big Ten to allow themselves to get outflanked on this and uh, to allow a, a, a Texas program that I think you know the Big Ten had designs on, the Pac-12 had designs on. Uh, Texas had kind of operated on its own, but everybody more or less figured that it would just be a matter of time until the Big 12 broke up in one form or another. Um, you know, the Big Ten just, I don't think, can afford to have Texas go to the SEC because it provides the SEC with essentially uh, completely unfettered access to not just that recruiting area, but all of the media markets in that area. It uh, brings in the the audience and the revenues that you would normally be getting through a standalone Longhorn network, which while we joke about the Longhorn network is still uh, a pretty sizable amount of money. 
And it essentially makes you look at the Big Ten and just kind of shrug your shoulders because it's like, well, yeah, you've got a few power football schools, but they're all pretty much located in the same spot in the country. Uh, you've got a relatively small um, geographic area that you're covering, and you don't really have any room for expansion. Zach Osterman in his piece in the Indy Star this evening, I think, did a good job of spelling this out. If this comes to pass, the Big Ten doesn't have a whole lot of other options unless they want to like raid the Pac-12 or raid the ACC, uh, neither of which is really going to produce much in the way of geographic fit, and it's going to make for some very odd-looking conference uh, tie-ins and affiliations. So, um, you know, there's there's some questions out of Big 12 territory tonight about, you know, is this 100% a done deal that they're going to leave? Uh, you know, what ends up being the end game with all of this? But as of right now, if this story ends up holding up, I'm pretty concerned about where the Big Ten ends up landing in the pecking order. This, like, pretty solidly puts them behind the SEC across the board. Yeah, so... Let's kind of, well, let's, I'll, I'll ask a question on both sides. So let's, let's talk the first one. I mean, is there anything that you think at this point would, could be done, would be done that would stop those two from leaving the big 12 uh, to go someplace else and maybe not to the sec or something, but, but does anything kind of stop the train that's rolling in this direction or, or is that kind of too late at this point? No, no, no. I don't think it's too late. I, although I will say the fact that it leaked the way that it did tells me that we're a lot further down the road than we might have thought that we were. Uh, this isn't like a rumor that, you know, someone in a staff meeting talked about uh, in Austin. Like the, this looks like it got leaked by Texas A&M because they're sore about Texas wanting to join the SEC, which tells us that we've gotten to some fairly advanced parts of the backroom negotiations. Um, but that said... I believe that the both schools are tied into the Big 12 until their media rights agreement ends in 2025, which is still four years away. So that might give some wiggle room. There were some interesting pieces today that came out, uh, one by uh, I think it's uh, I think it's Chip Brown of uh, of the whatever the site is that covers Texas. And they've been they're all over everything all the time. They do a great job with that site. But one of the things that they talked about was you could see Fox, for instance, jump in and say, hey, Texas and Oklahoma, why don't you become independent? We will give you a revenue deal that is commensurate with however much you need to make it financially work. And we will, at that point, fill your schedule with Big Ten and Pac-12 teams because we have the contracts with both of those organizations. That's one potential that sounds outlandish, like Texas and Oklahoma just deciding to become independent, but that might make more sense for them because I think they're looking around and saying, we really don't want to be shackled to these bozos, uh, you know, the other schools in the Big 12. We want to make money and we don't want to, you know, have to give money to Kansas State. We don't have to, we don't want to give money to Iowa State. We just want to keep what we're making for ourselves. That might be an arrangement that would allow them to do so. And which is, I mean, it sounds mercenary. That's not that different from what Notre Dame currently does. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't laugh at it too much. Um, so there's things like that. You certainly could see the Big Ten and the Pac-12 as conferences jump in. Something that's important to keep in mind is that we nearly had the dissolution of the Big 12 during the last round of realignment 10 years ago. And it was actually ESPN that stepped in. And kept that from happening, gave the Big 12 a deal, gave Texas the Longhorn Network, and essentially tried to keep it from becoming purely a four-conference college 
football hierarchy. So I think whether it's Fox, ESPN, or one of the other conferences, they're going to move uh, water and fire and earth to try to keep the SEC from gaining such a big competitive advantage with this. I just don't know if it's going to matter because, frankly, there's a lot of reasons why Texas and Oklahoma would want to be in the SEC. Um, and so that's going to be the big question mark is, like, who can move the needle the most on this? So let's play it out in the other direction. It, let's assume that they do end up in the SEC. What is the Big Ten's next move in terms of who they might attempt to add uh, or, or kind of what their reaction to that would be? Well, I mean, obviously the first name that comes to mind is one I just mentioned earlier, which would be Notre Dame because they're in your backyard. They're in the conference for hockey. Not that that matters a whole lot, um, but they're, you know, they're, they're in the, the ACC ecosystem, but I don't know that they are necessarily if they'd wanted to join the ACC, they would have joined the ACC by now. And yes, I know they kind of did this last year and they're technically in it for basketball. But, um, you know, I think if you're the Big Ten, you have to have a very serious conversation with Notre Dame and say, look, we've we've danced around on this for a long time. We need to figure out a way to make this work because it's going to make you stronger and it's going to make us stronger. Does Notre Dame go for that? I don't know. Um, I could see arguments for them and saying, yeah, no, we're fine where we are. Outside of that, I mean, I'm seeing some people in chat suggest, oh, yeah, let's let's get some of the schools that are going to be in this deconstituted Big 12. Uh, there's frankly nothing about any of the remaining schools in the Big 12 that would add anything of, of real value from an academic or athletic perspective to the Big 10. I think if, if you don't get Notre Dame, you got to either try to dive deeper into ACC territory, maybe revive the Virginia talks. I don't think Virginia is going to leave, but at least revive it. Um, maybe look at Pitt and see if they would be interested. Uh, one idea that I don't think is that crazy, even though it sounds crazy, is uh, look at some of the top Pac-12 schools and see if you want to go coast to coast on some of this stuff. Um, you know, because uh, USC, UCLA, Washington, Stanford, uh, those are some issues uh, for those schools that they're you know they're not happy with their current situation. Similar to how Texas and Oklahoma have not been happy with the. Big 12 in that situation. So, you, you know, the if you can't get if you can't peel back this Texas Oklahoma thing, if it ends up happening, and you can't get Notre Dame, you got to do something a little bit more radical. And you know, we'll just have to see how that plays out. But I think there's some interesting things there that you could examine. Galen, do you go um, if you go that way? Do you do you focus on football as you said earlier, uh, getting football schools or? Um, you know, you look at Kansas, doesn't add much football-wise, but does add, or is it a total athletic department thing? Uh, to me, it might have to be football-related, um, and then that's going to spread you out across the country. It's not necessarily a Midwest-type thing anymore. Kansas yeah, fit well, right in, in the Big Ten West. I don't know what you're talking about, Coach. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, wise. if Kansas's athletic department wasn't such a uh, a dumpster fire right now, um, then maybe there'd be an argument. But, yeah, I mean, look – Ultimately, the big the, the Big Ten could add basketball schools right now if they wanted to. Like they could go add UConn. UConn would would crawl over broken glass to get into the Big Ten. Uh, you know, you could add. There's any one of a number of good basketball schools that you could add, but that doesn't do anything for you in terms of what actually generates revenue and and spreads you out. I mean, it's uh, we're you know growing up in Indiana, living in Indiana, being Indiana athletics fans. So much has been focused on the 
the basketball as being the primary thing. We're still kind of figuring out what all of this football stuff is all about as we have a team, you know, in the top 10 of the AP poll. Um, but that's that's really what's moving the needle. And that's why the Big Ten added Penn State when they did. It's why they added Nebraska when they did. I mean, those were very much football additions. They were not basketball additions. So, yeah, I as much as I'd love to say there was a great uh, addition that you could bring into the conference that would give you both, there really isn't at this point. And, and you have to go with the side where you're being most, you know, directly challenged. And right now that's football with the SEC. The, the one thing, and, and and I don't know any of the comings and goings of all this, but as a fan, I've always just want – I did not want to see 16-team conferences uh, dominate the landscape in, in college athletics. Uh, from a scheduling standpoint of who do you play and, and, and your cross-conference uh, games, and, and even even when you go down to baseball or, or and basketball – your non-football it's just the scheduling and it takes away rivalries and it's five years between playing a, a minnesota or something and I'm old so that tradition you know is out the window a little bit but it, it does from a fan standpoint seem like super conferences are needed for money but boy it makes scheduling and 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 building that those those year in and year out rivalries a little difficult it does and Certainly for those of us who grew up in the 70s or 80s or 90s, it's a different world. But it's, I think, where we were always going to go once money and especially television contracts started entering into the system uh, to the degree that they did during that same time period. And, uh, you know, we've been through four or five major rounds of conference realignment and moving around uh, really since 1990. And... I think it's going to continue to happen. I mentioned on Twitter, you know, if you want to understand college athletics from a financial perspective, you really need to study the Cold War as opposed to studying anything in like, you know, athletic administration, because this is essentially a big game of risk. It's it's a game of one upsmanship and blocking your opponent from getting into particular territories and owning enough territories where you get extra armies every turn. You know, I mean, it's it's really yes, the competitions do suffer. But um, I also think that we, you know, it's distasteful to talk about, but ultimately something pays for all of this. And that something is the money that you're generating off the football contracts. And, you know, the Big Ten, look, the Big Ten did a lot of good things with forming the Big Ten Network, with expanding when they did, to the point that even as recently as last year, they were able to distribute about $9 million more per school in television revenue than the SEC was. Um, but the problem is that you add Texas and Oklahoma, and suddenly it's the SEC distributing $10 million more to their schools. And on top of that, they've also been far and away uh, the dominant program in football. The Big Ten has had a couple of sniffs, but generally speaking has, has I think, rightly been perceived as the weaker of the two conferences. And so it's, it is sad from a traditional standpoint and from a competitive standpoint, but it's also the name of the game. And at this point, we can't look backwards, I think, uh, because the people that look backwards end up having what just happened to the Big 12 happen to them eventually. When's it stop? I mean, is there a magic number of conference teams? Is, is 16 the number? Is it Does it go to 18 to 20? Um, I, you know, I mean, I, you know, I had, a, I had a radical idea yesterday. Let's just merge the Big the Big Ten and the Pac-12, um, you know, uh, you know, maybe 
maybe kick the, you know, like Washington State out or something like that, but like merge those two together and just have a big super conference that has their football championship game in the Rose Bowl every year. Uh, why not? Like it, it at this point, I think we need to just kind of leave behind our original conceptualization of what an athletic conference looks like. To me, what it ends up looking like, Coach, is kind of like what European soccer looks like, where you have a Premier League and you have a La Liga and you have a Bundesliga and a Serie A, and uh, maybe you don't have promotion and relegation, although maybe you do. Uh, but you you have these you know four primary leagues, and that's where most of the talent exists. And yes, you can get a team that pops up out of another league and does really well in a given year, but ultimately power is concentrated in those conferences, and they're probably bigger. You know, maybe they are 18 or 20 teams. It, to some point, it's like if you're not playing everybody in your conference every year, why not have a 20-team conference? Like, What are you losing? At that point, uh, and that you know, so from my perspective, it's it's like a business partnership as opposed to a organizing body of athletic competition. And if you're going to look at it as a business partnership, you want to make your business as big and diversified as you possibly can. And so, um, it it would be weird to have a 20 team Big Ten, but it might be preferable from a business standpoint to what we've got right now. Cool. Well, Galen, we really appreciate you uh, hopping on with us and talking about talking about this. It's a lot. Of, I think it's easy to, you know, kind of view it as a not my problem type situation, and that it doesn't really impact the Big Ten. But I think as you know, as you kind of talked about, there's uh, other dominoes that would certainly fall in that scenario, and uh, we'll we'll be interested to see how it all plays out over the next years, as as mentioned with yeah. the you know the contract really. So we'll uh, we'll kind of see. What happens, but always good to get your perspective on uh, on something like that. So with that, we'll uh, take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to uh, talk about a few interesting uh, discussion topics that came up in our community recently. So we'll do that when we come back here on Assembly Call Radio. Stick with us. This Halloween... No, that's impossible. Don't get caught. Did you check the basement or the bedroom? Without the perfect thing. They're both out. To treat every taste. Well, that's it. We're out of Fanta. This Halloween, don't live with the horror of being without Fanta. Get yours today. At California's Great America, it's never too early to start thinking about next year's fun. That's why we're offering the lowest price of the year on a 2022 Gold Pass right now. That includes unlimited visits this year, so you can enjoy the Great Pumpkin Fest, Haunt, and Winterfest. Then unlimited visits next year to try new foods, enjoy festivals like Taste of Orleans, scream on our world-class coasters, and splash away at South Bay Shores Water Park, all for just $82 plus applicable taxes and fees. Hurry, offer ends October 31st, so get your Gold Pass now at cagreatamerica.com. It's amazing in here all right galen thanks again awesome chat thanks thanks galen well i want to answer kent's question really quick before i go um kent asked would the sec kick out any schools such as vandy to keep the conference size from getting too big and that last answer i gave i think that hopefully answers that question there's no need to like uh, you know an 18 or 20 team sec works just fine it's just more television inventory at this point even people even watch vanderbilt a shocking uh, as it is so <laughs> anyway got andy uh, coach chat mob thanks so much for having me again and uh, we'll talk again soon all right sounds See good you, thanks, 
Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, everybody gets ramped up for football. Uh, like I said, Scott and Galen have had a couple shows recently. They had uh, Dustin DePirac on this week. So if you want to you know, kind of scratch your itch for IU football, they're, uh, they're right there for everybody to do that. So, But uh, like I said, always good perspective from him uh, on some of these uh, larger college athletics topics. So, good You know, I, I wasn't a fan of expansion, never has been, but I've been to Penn State and enjoyed, you know, going to Penn State for a couple IU football games. I missed my opportunity in Nebraska last year, but I'm going to go. So, you know, I get it. It's just, you know, you have 16 teams in a conference and you got 12 games and everyone wants to play three non-conference games. You're playing nine out of, out of you know, 15 possible opponents in your in your conference. It's not a conference. It's an it's organization more than more than anything else or go big enough to where you just play your division. Yeah. Don't that, worry about crossovers, right? And fair schedules and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean if you had if you ended up with 20 and you had two divisions with with 10 and you play all 9 of your opponents and then you have I guess at least at that, you know, you're not having home and home against everybody, but even if you did that from a Yeah. basketball standpoint, maybe you do that. Yeah. I I thought that what he said at the end was interesting because it's kind of like you've already whatever sanctity you felt like there was in the home and home against everybody like that ship has sailed and you're yeah. just getting further away from it but you've already abandoned that part of it already to your yeah. to your point earlier you're not playing everybody so um you know who knows it'll be interesting to see I, obviously as is with the case every time this realignment stuff comes off there are so many iterations of what it could look like will look like rumors and all that, especially when you look at that TV contract out there for you know four years to to sort through it, uh, it will take on many forms between now and however it shakes out in the long run. So, good off season topic, if nothing else. So, all right. Uh, so you ready to hit these other uh, other topics? Yep. Here? All right. I don't mind uh, your your ten thirty limit. Uh, I got to get up, drive to Laporte to visit my mom tomorrow. So. All right. Yeah, I'm, we may not, I'm willing to fire may, away. May not need that long anyway. So we'll, uh, all right, we'll hit these topics and kind of go from there. So here we go. Hi, this is Jawan Morgan. What's the only thing better than getting IU's first triple double in 47 years? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. And welcome back to the assembly call. How do you keep up with the fire hose of information that comes out almost every day about IU basketball? Some would say the fire hose might have a bit of a kink in it. Uh, over these last couple weeks, but uh, certainly can be crazy during the off season, even crazier during the season. And we've got your back. Send out a free weekly email newsletter on Sunday mornings, which rounds up the most important and interesting IU basketball stories from the previous week to keep you up to date on your Hoosiers. Over 8,000 of your fellow IU fans are already on the list and we want you to be on there as well. So go to join.assemblycall.com to subscribe for free now. That's join.assemblycall.com. You can also text IU to 66866. Again, that's IU to 66866. All right, I'm Andy Bottoms here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni, and uh, thought that we would expand on a couple topics that uh, came up in our discussion community uh, over the course of the last week or so. Um Actually, I think some of these were a little bit longer, but uh, had a lot of good engagement from people, so I figured we would uh, 
talk about them a little bit. This first one we've touched on at least a little when we did some of the other NIL stuff, but uh, the question was essentially now that NIL changes are here with all of its benefits to athletes, what is the biggest potential unintended consequence that worries you? So coach, what, what kind of comes to your mind, you know, and maybe that's changed over the last few weeks is, you know, we've learned a little bit more about it, but uh, in terms of unintended consequences, what, what are some potential pitfalls that you, you might see? Yeah. They're, they're all pitfalls that kind of already exist, uh, only it now deals with money. I mean, there could be problems with who's playing and who's not playing, uh, you know, who takes the last shot. Those are traditional athletic team issues. Um, did you over-recruit me or whatever else? But um, does it cause an issue where a player uh, is not happy? Um, you know, so I don't think that's a reason not to do NIL by any means. I think the players deserve uh, the money they're getting, I, I think they deserve to have T-shirts and excited about seeing Taiwan Mullen with home field. I, that excites me, and, and I've changed uh, in the last two or three years um, from more traditional place like that. But the unintended consequences would be that a loss of revenue for athletic departments in general, although we just got done saying they're making a lot of money anyway, um, so why not give it to the kids? I, I, don't, I don't really see a whole lot um, – wrong with this unless it just gets to be um you get some people who like to you know throw away their money in large amounts and it becomes absurd um you know you get paid a million dollars to do one commercial or something like that and it's not really um a, a student building a brand and and working with a company and advertising for a company and doing all that it, it's just here here's some some free money because i can do that now but uh, so i think there's going to have to be some structure built in um, a little bit maybe to prevent that, but that, that's, that's all that I can see at this moment. Yeah. I think, you know, a couple of the ones that have been out there, I think you, you touched on a bit, which was, you know, how do you deal with the inherent inequity that will be there between star player, maybe making this much money, 12th man making this much. I think, uh, I think we've touched on, on that one a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think another potential one is, you know, does this start to distract guys from the the sport that they're playing and some of those things? Does it does it kind of take over too much of their attention, um, which I think is is possible. And I, I, I tend to go back on some of this stuff to, you know, that's kind of a life lesson in, in some ways, which ultimately is what some of this should be doing. And I you know, hesitate to put the, the greater good of an athletic program kind of over the, you know, obviously anything can get to an extreme, but, but if that teaches somebody a lesson about managing time and priorities and things like that, you know, part of that is the education that you, I feel like you should be getting in that, that college scenario. If it crosses a line, I think the coach is going to uh, understand that, but I think there will be some pitfalls, but hopefully those become yeah. real life learning opportunities as opposed to you know, anything more than that. And that's, that's my point. Like, these problems exist already just in different form. I mean, girls, you know, dating relationships, booze, drinking too much. And I mean, you know, those all can interfere in a program. If people pay too much attention to those things, the party scene, uh, too much attention to their brand and don't go in and get up shots. Well, eventually, you know, you teach those kids, like you said, a lesson, well, your brand's going to be reduced because you're not making shots in the game and you're not playing anymore. Um, you still have to be a productive member uh, for the most part to keep increasing your brand. So 
I, I don't see too many pitfalls other than it's just something new to add to the plate of uh, athletic administrations uh, and, and coaching staffs. But, um, you know, so far I think it's, it's, it's been a, a relative positive thing. I, I like seeing guys, you know, um, doing media events and, and commercials and stuff like that. I just think that with the money and, and this conference alignment stuff that we just talked about, it's all about money. I, I don't find much wrong with the with the NIL. What are your thoughts on uh, Dominic had this in the chat? Kind of worried about a move too far towards a me first culture within a team sport. So as a as a coach, how do you how how would you, how would you try to keep some of that in check? Um, and is that really? Is that really a crack that would already have been there? And this just you know exposes it in that regard. Like, you, kind of to your point, is this a problem that you would potentially have even in the absence of nil? I, the answer the answer is yes, but it's just different now because because money's involved and money is is you know greed does a lot of things to a lot of people in society. So it, it's to me it's just an added added piece. Uh, I think we already belong to a me first culture. Uh, I play AAU. I expect to come into IU and play right away. And then if I don't play right away, you know, mom and dad and uncle Jim are all mad at the coaching staff. Uh, and, and now there's just another layer of, well, coach Woodson and staff got so-and-so $50,000 commercial, you know, with the car dealership and didn't. Um, so, I think the me first culture is there. It's there in society and business. It's there in, in schools. It's there all around. We got to counter it with actively preaching team, 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 team. And then uh, understanding that collectively when we win, then, you know, um, everyone, everyone gets uh, a little piece of the pie when, when you win, because right now, if you play for Gonzaga, you're going to be a little more wanted than if you play for someone who is five and 22, you, you might get some deals in those communities, but if you win and you win at a lot of schools, you are forever um, going to be remembered. And I just think that um, it's just another thing that a coach has to deal with, but you, you got to preach it. And you, hopefully you have kids who are characters uh, good characters, not bad characters who can help each other out and go to class and do all those things. So it's just another layer, um, to, to, to deal with. Yeah. I think the, the couple other, you know, kind of some of this, um, play two sides of the same thing here, you know, one of them, and I don't think this is a, a bad unintended consequence, but I think you've seen, you know, a handful of players come out and, and do some things for the benefit of different charitable organizations and things like that, that maybe they wouldn't have been able to do, uh, do things to give back to the community a little bit. Uh, I know Ali Patberg, I think has a, a basketball skills thing that doing the community, you wouldn't be able to do that or you wouldn't be able to get paid for that and do some of that and use your name and, um, all those kinds of things. I think those are, are positive things from a community standpoint. I think the, you know, potential negative unintended consequences, something like that, which again is another learning opportunity is somebody in, in inevitably is going to sign up to support an organization to, you know, uh, support a product or a company that things are going to come out about that may not be something that you end up wanting to be associated with. And you either didn't do your homework, you didn't know, you didn't, you know, and I think there's the opportunity for for them to be taken advantage of in some of these scenarios, if they're really not careful. Uh, again, I, 
you know, unless it's to the extreme, it just feels like a learning opportunity to do some of that. But you haven't really seen that yet, or at least I haven't heard any of those kinds of cautionary tales. But, um, you know, I think that's one potential one. But I also think, you know, on the charitable side of things, I think there's some really good opportunity to kind of use their status now in a way that they would have, wouldn't have been able to do before or the NCA would have made very difficult to do in the past. You know, the other thing, Andy, you just made me think about is, you know, these athletes get criticized a lot and get, you know, tweeted at and Instagram DMs for their play and their basketball. Uh, you, ha- you have a company that someone doesn't agree with and, and you endorse that company. You, it does expose the young athlete a little bit more uh, to, to the business side, to the, to the real world. And as you said, you just got to turn it into a learning lesson. And, and I don't know if that's Coach Woodson's job, but I do think a good university, good athletic department is well ahead of these and has counselors available, business counselors, guidance counselors, uh, people to understand if someone gets in a situation uh, and, and it turns a little bit for the worse, how to help people get out of them and care for your athlete that a normal 19-year-old starting a business probably would not have. Um, so, so there, there's some benefits from being, uh, on a college that has the best interest of these athletes, uh, in mind too, but that's going to be the one where, where you support something or, or you sign up for something and it becomes controversial in some way. And, and, and then, you know, you wanted to go play basketball and now you're answering questions about, you know, this, this social issue or, or something that pops up, uh, that, that can be, uh, again, it's just like in life. It's the same thing. You and I say something or do something publicly as a teacher. If I were to, to, to advocate for something that wasn't uh, appreciated in our community, I'd be called before the school board. Don't like school boards, but um, y- you know, so uh, we're all responsible that way. And sometimes the best way to learn it is by being a mistake. So I don't think any of the stuff that we've talked about again, is a reason to panic about uh, NIL changing the way, you know, basketball will be played in March Madness and the selection Sunday and all that stuff. I, I, I don't see it impacting it any way other than pay, maybe recruiting and transferring to places or away from places that aren't providing the NIL opportunities. Yep. All right. So moving on to the next topic. So if these athletes sold self shares like stocks, which could grow in value and earn dividends on future earnings, whose are you buying the most of? So I'm not going to give you the other there was an other option for this one, but we won't we won't dive into that. So the options were Trace Jackson Davis, Michael Penix, Tamar Bates, and Taiwan Mullen. And the percentages were all within ten percent of each other. But if you're uh, you know kind of buying stock and where they are now and these guys, which of those uh, which of those guys did you go with? Uh, I'm going with Taiwan Mullen, um, and I think he had the NFL. Uh, we've seen Tracy Porter. We've seen players come from IU and have a, a, a really good run in uh, the NFL. And, and I think he is so good that he has a chance to get drafted maybe, you know, in the top, you know, two, three rounds and, and make a good career where the others either haven't had that college atmosphere like Tamar Bates yet. We don't know um, what his level is. And the NBA, the basketball guys just have a much tougher time uh, breaking into the league, uh, you can be really good and have to end, end up going to Europe for a while where you make some good money. Um, but, but I think if, if I were trying to make the most, I think Taiwan has the best chance. Penix, I believe, is a little bit more uh, injury prone and the fact that the quarterback position is so tight um, that uh, it, it, you know, I, I don't know that Taiwan is going to be the best in the long run. I think Penix could be or or Trace Jackson Davis, but I think right now, 
I get a little more bang for my buck with Taiwan because I think he's guaranteed to to be in the NFL. Some some guy has just wandered onto the screen, which is a little unsettling. But uh, <laughs> we got, Jared, we welcome. Got Zoom bombs. What's up, or whatever. fellas? <clears throat> Who are you? What is happening? Oh my goodness! It's hey. good to be back. Uh, bedtime. We did. My wife had the great yes. idea. We should do bedtime a little bit early tonight. We did a little bit earlier. Things went well. So fingers crossed. It's good to be here. Good. Well, Jared, your your screenshot of this in the uh, run sheet captured your answer. So, would you like to give everybody your answer and your your thought process as to why to this particular question? Is this the wait? This which, is the which stock. The is stock this? one. Sorry. The stock one. Oh yes. So um, T- TJD Tamar Bates. Taiwan Mullen, Michael Penix were the uh, were the options. I, I took the other off the table for the purposes of this. Yeah, really, it kind of depends on what you're looking for. Are you looking for kind of the the highest upside? Because I would say the highest upside is Penix. Because if everything goes well for Penix, you know, and he becomes a starting quarterback in the NFL, which is, I would say, unlikely but possible. Certainly, uh, he's got the highest upside. Now, you know, if Trace Jackson Davis can figure out how to shoot and can turn himself into an NBA player, he's got some pretty good upside too. But I tend to think that the safer bets would be Tamar Bates or Taiwan Mullen. Uh, and given the fact that Tamar seems a little bit undersized for the kind of player he would be at the professional level, I would probably go with Taiwan. He seems he seems like the safest. Although since I've been the one driving the Michael Penix for Heisman train, maybe I just need to go all in and uh, and go for Penix. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, yeah. I, I I lean toward Mullen. I think I leaned away from Tamar Bay too. You could probably get the cheapest, so maybe that is the the play here but you also haven't seen him do it at the college level versus at least the other guys you have um Penix one to your point is is intriguing because of the ceiling but I think the health concerns scare most people off and then with TJD it's 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 a little bit of an unknown because it's it's really in that case if you're taking him it's kind of a bet on Mike Woodson uh in a in a roundabout way in that he can have him take a jump from a production standpoint, from a skill standpoint that would allow him to do more, so much more than what we've already seen him do versus, you know, he, he seems the closest to being a finished product in some regard of the guys that are on there. But yeah. So anyway, all right. Uh, next one we got. All right. So you get to guarantee that one of these two events will happen this season. The catches at the other event will not happen. So your options are IU beats. This is probably the best slash most difficult poll question I've ever come up with in the community. Yes. So the, so your options are IU basketball beats Purdue at least once, or IU football beats Ohio State. Right. Jared so you can guarantee that one's going to happen, but the other one does not happen. You know it will so not. You can happen. only have one of them. You know it will not happen. So you can't say like, oh well, I think Indiana has a chance to beat Purdue, so I'll take the Ohio State one. No, if you're taking the Ohio State side, you're saying that you're going with uh, with Indiana losing to Purdue. That's what makes it difficult. Yes. It's a really right. hard question. So, Jared, who, who do you, you want in this one? Which, which side did you go on here? I mean, I would have to go with beating Purdue in basketball because I just can't possibly live through another one of those. Plus, you know, my bias is towards basketball a little bit. Um, you know, my dad was part of the last staff that beat Ohio State, so it's it's like a little a little point of pride that they were the last ones to beat Ohio State. But I I still want to beat Ohio State really bad in football. Um, I think both of them could happen, but if I had to pick one, I would say the Purdue thing. Man, we can't go another year 
without beating Purdue in basketball. We just can't. You know, if like if we don't beat Ohio State in football, it's like okay, you know, let's. I mean, this stupid streak will get him at some point, but it's not devastating. If we get swept again by Purdue in basketball, that's devastating. So I want to avoid devastation, Coach. Oh, I can't stand Purdue. It's it's Purdue. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I I'm just. I know a lot of people in the chat mob are saying Ohio State, but Purdue just absolutely sucks. And, and I'm tired of them winning. I'm sick and tired of going over to West Lafayette <laughs> and getting my rear end beat. <laughs> sick and tired of having a losing record in the Big Ten. Come on, this is a basketball show. Yeah. It's all about basketball. And, and it is about time to turn this thing around and start beating their rear ends left and right and go 11-1 and one and lose to Ohio State and go to the Rose Bowl or something like Ohio State goes to the championship. It'd still be a great year, and it's a basketball show. I'm a basketball coach. It's a state of Indiana. It's basketball. We need to own the state. It's easily give me guarantees to beat Purdue. Yeah. Yeah, I I probably land the same place just because the way the way it's stated would mean that you get swept by Purdue again. Now, the flip side of that is this year, at least the way Purdue projects in basketball – if you beat them at least once from coach and I's perspective, good, good bracketology, uh, bump and, and a good, uh, good line on your resume. If you lose both, it doesn't hurt you from that standpoint, but it, it hurts you emotionally. Um, I will say I do have probably a different level of disdain for Ohio state than you guys do having lived in Ohio for the past, uh, more years than I can count 20 years, 21 years. Good Lord. Um, gosh, so I do, I do have a, a perhaps a, a a stronger distaste for them than than you guys would. I I would still probably side with basketball, but I I have a feeling it would be closer for me than it would the uh, the the two of you. I would be especially if we still live toward Cleveland, where Ohio uh, Ohio State is like treated like a professional team. I would I would be doing victory laps on that for a while, but uh, I'll go. Uh, so all right, I see you're posting, posting Tyler's thing. If I you beat Ohio State, we have a good yeah. shot at the Big Ten title don't have a shot at the Big Ten title in basketball. Fair? What is this defeatist attitude from Tyler? <laughs> this is a new era. This is the Mike Woodson era. Like, is a, is a Big Ten title likely? No, probably not. I wouldn't bet on it. But this team at least has a roster now with a ceiling where you look at it, and it's it's got a chance. Like, it's not that we don't have a shot at a Big Ten title. You know, the, the teams at the top of the Big Ten are not so elite that you just look at it and like it's like, whoa, this is... You know, this is the Wisconsin team with Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker. This is, you know, this isn't one of those seasons. Like, there's some good teams in the Big Ten. Purdue's going to be good. You know, Ohio State's going to be good. Michigan's going to be good. And we will probably finish somewhere between four and seven, I would say. But we have some upside. You know, I think we have actually Big Ten title upside. I don't know if we'll hit it, but we we have the upside. So don't give me this. We don't have a shot at it. I don't want to hear that stuff. Come on. I come on here and within three minutes, someone's saying we don't have a shot at a Big Ten title. Wow. You got a lot of pent up Jeez. optimism that you just haven't been yeah. able to share with everyone. I feel like maybe that's <laughs> I might be. I, got, I have some thoughts. <laughs> we got. Yeah. There's, now, there are many people saying that if it was IU sweeps Purdue, then it's a much easier answer, which I, I think we'd all uh, we'd all agree with. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that would be easier. 
Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. All Tyler, right. Tyler, I got some drinks for you at the tailgate. <laughs> Getting ripped on the show. I, we'll, we'll have some drinks for you. I love Tyler. He's all... great, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, it would be interesting just because it's it, it's hard to look at outside of context. I mean, you would think that if if you assume that IU could beat Ohio State in football, that would also assume they would be beating everyone. Um, but I know you can't really assume that with the way the question is, in which case that's a, a totally different, totally different ball game. But uh, see, and I, that's, I don't even think that's a safe assumption for football because the schedule is so tough. I mean, you could play really well and beat Ohio state and you, I mean, with this schedule, Indiana could be really good, beat Ohio state and still lose three or four games because they're playing some really good teams, you know? So I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would assume that if they beat Ohio State. Yeah. So. But all right, maybe. Never know. Never know. All right. All right. Well, when we come back, we've got a bunch of questions, including the mediocre question from uh, Jay Horry, who in the chat is disappointed that Galen's not still here, and uh, some other questions from our from the people in our community. So we'll hit those next when we come back. Stick with us here on the assembly call. Welcome to Parent-Teacher Night. Oh, yes, Miss Garner. If you have one of those airline credit cards, you're probably not earning double miles on every purchase. You're right. My card only gets extra miles on some types of purchases. With the Capital One Venture Card, you earn unlimited double miles everywhere. Wait, but where can we use them? You can use Capital One Venture Miles on any travel purchase. Venture gets an A+. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com. I will state for the record that two minutes after getting on here, I heard my son crying in the background. My wife went up and got him, so we're all good. I heard Mrs. Tonsoni crying. I didn't move a bit, just letting her go up there. <laughs> she's, she's, she's old enough to figure it out on her own. <laughs> uh, uh, your your post-show chasing may not go quite as well, then. <laughs> yeah. No, there hasn't been any of that for a while. Uh, all right. So we got... Andy, I did add one at the very bottom, which is a pretty good basketball question if you wanted to move it up it came in while we were doing the first segment okay about practice time it's more basketball specific one all right i will uh and I'll, we'll... I'll do some shout outs here at the beginning let's we'll we'll move through some of these shout outs okay. all right i didn't know if you had any or not so i will uh yeah I'll i didn't put them on there but i've got them here in I'll, front of me i'll play the sound when we get to that point so let me move a couple other things around here perhaps Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, all right. I am not topless. It's just a... Somebody mark and he comes on with a bang. But my skin tone does does appear strangely similar to the shirt that I'm wearing. Somebody mark that down for a good drop to have uh, for future, <laughs> future reference. Uh, anyway, and on that note, we might as well get started. I, I'm sorry. I'm the reason you have to watch in low resolution, kind of blur out the look, just so you can stomach the show. 
Sorry about that, Brian. <laughs> All right, here we go. What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green, giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. Hey, welcome back to the Assembly Call. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Coach Brian Tonsoni and Jared Morris. And uh, it's segment three, which I just found out can only mean one thing. All right, Jared is going to do the honors with this week's subscriber shoutouts. I actually think that our opinions on shot selection are pretty good and pretty thoughtful. So I'm going to disagree with Devontae. <laughs> Some of our opinions, maybe not. But I feel like on shot selection, we have a pretty good history. I just want to say that. Uh, let's do some shout-outs. So we didn't do any last week, and so we will make up for that. Uh, our first shout-out goes to Josh Thompson. Josh, Josh is from Georgetown, Indiana. His favorite Hoosier is Calvert Chaney. Uh, and his assembly call leader, he says, is Jared, because he's the only one that I know and have met in person. Uh, Josh and I knew each other in college. Fraternity Brothers, actually, says, uh, also, happy birthday, Dad, the role model for his IU fandom since birth. That was his special acknowledgement. Now, I realize, Josh, that you sent this in on April 13th because uh, we're behind. We, we had a lot of shout-outs to, to get through, so it's probably a belated birthday for your dad, but we do wish him a happy birthday. Uh, our next shout-out is Nick Smallwood. Uh, his location is Greenwood, Indiana, and his favorite IU player is Damon Bailey. He also listed Jared Morris as his assembly call leader because I'm also someone that he knew in college as we were all in uh, Delta Sigma Pi uh, together uh, at Indiana University. Uh, and his special acknowledgement, uh, he just says prime times with an exclamation point. That is an inside joke that would take a whole lot of time to unpack. But needless to say, the house that we lived at in college was called prime times. Uh, and so you can kind of maybe fill in the blanks on that one. Uh, but thank you to Josh and Nick. Appreciate your guys' support. Uh, we also want to shout out to Mark Self. He's from Scottsburg, Indiana. Uh, and he says to follow the Nation of Hoosiers fan page on Facebook. So if you are still on Facebook, uh, you can follow the the Nation of Hoosiers fan page there. Uh, and then let's see. Let's go with um, let's go with Jack. So Jack Jack Forney, who we all know, have met in Bloomington. Uh, his favorite IU player is Alan Henderson. His assembly call leader, he says, "You're like my kids. I don't have a favorite." Uh, and then for his special acknowledgement, he says his wife, who puts up with his obsession with the Hoosiers. And we all need to give special acknowledgements to our wives and our husbands who put up with our special obsession with these Hoosiers. So there we go. Subscriber shout outs to Jack, to Josh, to Mark, to Nick. You guys are awesome. We love you. Thank you for supporting the assembly call. I appreciate you picking one at the end that didn't have you as the chosen as our assembly call leader. I was like, that's a pretty bold move to, you know, stroll in here in the middle of the show and then say like, oh, I got, these, been, I got these shout outs queued up. There's a whole bunch of them since the last time he was and on the show, yeah, which was and I'll April. Be, and I'll, yeah. be damned yeah. if all I'll be damned if all of them didn't have me as the leader. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> you know, we did this a while ago and obviously my availability has been a lot less since then. I'm guessing if we did this again, I would be listed by many fewer people because they probably would have forgotten that I was on the show in the first place. So 
that just that probably should be acknowledged. Just giving you a hard time. All right. All right. So with that, uh, at least no one picked Ryan. We can well, all agree on that. Well, yes, <laughs> that's certainly true. <laughs> Uh, all right, so now it's time for the rest of our mailbag. All questions were submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community, which you can learn more about and join at assemblycall.com slash community. And we will start off with... It's not that good, but it's not that bad. It's Jay's Mediocre Question. All right, so Jay's question this week... Where is Galen? No, his question is actually, if you were in charge of the IU football game day experience, what is the one change or improvement you would make? Assume cost is not a concern. Uh, Coach, I'm going to throw this to you first. It has been a few years since I have been able to actually be uh, at a game, so I'm not sure that I have a great answer for this. I think you are probably the, the most qualified among us to answer this question. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Sammy Jacobs from Hoosier Huddle and I have kicked this around for years on, on what to do. You, you uh, the the stadium is surrounded. Um, you know, sometimes the the parking lot is not filled right around that, and you need to do that for donors. I I, I know that, but you need you need to create um, a university run center um, for tailgating where you have concerts and stuff like that. They have a great place. Um, they have the grass lots they could do that uh, at. Uh, you have also uh, the grass portion in, in lot 10 and 11 where you could have like a carnival-like uh, atmosphere where you have a stage, bring in some local artists to play music, have some vendors, and, and, and have people uh, that can walk from their tailgate and congregate uh, close to the stadium. Um, you know, I, I prefer lot 10 and 11 at grass lot there. There's a lot that you can do with that or create something like um, – Mississippi, where there's a walk, um, where you set up and you you ask the people who want to pay money to have good tailgate spots to just, you know, have spots along a way where people can just walk in a common area known like the Grove. Um, you know, get it started. You have the walk and, and that's pretty cool, but something like that. And I'm a big, you know, live entertainment uh, guy. I, I think adding some, some local flair to get people down there earlier and, and just have an atmosphere. The tailgating is pretty good for the people who go down there. Um, I think it's one of the better places and, and surrounding areas to do to tailgate, but I would add some sort of entertainment and not, uh, I, I know they've tried that um, a few times and in a few places, but you know, make, make that happen where it's a, it's a big thing for people to go see almost like a college game day atmosphere every day driven by the Indian, by the athletic department. Those are good. Yeah. Jared, did you have any uh, immediate reaction to this? Uh, no, I agree with Coach. I mean, I think you need like some events, you know, or just like something that people look forward to, some traditions. That That's what makes anything related to college sports fun. You know, some kind of tradition like that. Uh, I would also say that the university should sponsor a Cooking with Clavio class where everybody can take a class with Galen for how to cook the the best – um, tailgate delicacies and let's just let's improve the overall food quality uh, by following our tailgate food leader Galen Clavio. And if you go to his tailgate, don't bring non-brand name chips. I learned yeah. that on the podcast. You must bring you know top brand chips. Pay a couple cents extra and and get under Galen's good side. Who knew he was such a chip snob? I know, but man, that stuff matters. Yeah, 
honestly, Anna, this is no truth. How many bags of stuff that I bring home, everyone brings stuff, right? And sometimes we don't eat it all. And then you just bring all this stuff home. And, and sometimes when you're the host, uh, it's not the brand that you like. So I can see where he's coming from. Joel does want it to be known that Galen isn't the only cook. That is true. So Joel could also be in on that on that class with Galen. Joel's really good cook. Joel's really good too. Really so. good cook. Talks too much, but he's got really good. He's got really good food. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, on that. Uh, all right. So uh, Sally had a, uh, a a basketball question. Does anybody know anything about hoops practice? Is the like is the offense installed or the practice is closed? I don't know too much about that. Then the practices are closed at this point. I don't believe uh, there's been too much else, you know, kind of talked about in that regard. I don't know if you guys, there's anything else you guys have heard. There really hasn't been media availabilities or stuff like that to, to be able to ask anybody uh, some things like that. But any, any updates on that front that you guys uh, may have stumbled across? I've only heard the stuff that you would expect that trace looks awesome. Tamar Bates is going to challenge for a starting spot. That's, you know, that's been from a couple of people. I think, you know, Rab John said something of that nature. Um, but I haven't, I haven't really heard any other specifics beyond that stuff. And I don't really know that I would put too much stock into it anyway. Um, because I mean, unless we can see practice, you know, or we get, you know, maybe some, some candid insight from a player saying something that they're not supposed to say. Um, I, I don't know that we're going to get a whole lot at this point that to put a whole lot of stock into, we'll get an actual snapshot in the Bahamas, you know, when they go there and actually play some games. And again, you don't want to put too much stock into that either, but at least that'll be something where they're, they've had some practices, they're playing against a real team, you know, so nothing, nothing beyond that though. Practices are generally closed from a coach's standpoint, because you just want to get to work. It's your classroom and, and and you don't want everyone in there. We're all excited about it. And, and it's not a spectacle. That's what, that's where, you know, my Hoosier hysteria love comes from uh you know you only get so many hours to practice and get better and you want to make sure that they're they're quality and coaches will open it up sometimes to fellow coaches and high school coaches to come down and watch practice but practice are generally closed the one thing i will add and, and again through multiple sites and people saying is it does seem like there's been an emphasis on in, installing the defense first over the offense and and again take that with a grain of salt of who's watching and who's hearing that and how that's being relayed. If that is true, that makes this guy happy. And I know we're all clamoring for better offense because the last four years were not very good. And, and the ball would, you know, we need new rims because the paint wore off from us clanking all, all the free throws and stuff, but defense wins. Uh, defense will get us in that top three in the big 10 faster than any offense. Uh, and, and you can't just not play defense. And everyone was talking about coach Woodson's offense, coach Woodson's offense. I'm interested in seeing his defense, and if I remember right, his Atlanta Hawks, he brought in some new way of guarding the pick and roll that a lot of the NBA ad adopted after that. So, you know, he might be this real creative defensive mind as well as a, a new type of offensive guy. So that's all that I've heard, um, and if that's the case, I, I'm really excited about uh, what he's going to do defensively. So, Coach, kind of along the same lines, question from Neil. If you were coach, how would you allocate the practice time right now? So how much well, time are you spending on skill development versus defense versus offense? Like kind of how would you yeah, uh, how and would you I don't, that? You know, what I was there uh, – in the regular season, you have 20 hours. In this offseason, you have so, four-hour segments and so much can be with the strength coach and all, all of that. Um, you, 
I would, I would spend, um, if I had four hours a week with every guy, depending on if it can be two on two, whatever, I want to make sure that it is, is, uh, 50% defense, 25% development, 25% offense. Cause the guys can come in and work on their own. Uh, I would want to get that defense set. Um, uh, because if it's new and he's bringing in, I, I really think he's going to guard the ball screen a lot differently with some backside switching, some three-man rotations. Uh, NBA, uh, the way NBA teams guard this is really going to be interesting to try to break down. That takes a lot of time to know who goes where and who replaces and and and, and to put that in. That's what I would do in, in those short amount of time because they'll get in the gym and get their workout in. Um, they'll get that individual stuff. And then once I get to the Bahamas, then I'll start working on putting in that offense. And then again, preseason, you put it all, uh, you put it all in, but uh, you're going to win by guarding and you're going to play players who guard. And and I just think that's extremely, extremely important. When do they do the yoga and free throws then? When does that happen? That's in there too. But I'm just, Wanted to get to, <laughs> Andy's got to be done by ten thirty. I go through a whole practice plan, but yeah, fifty percent, fifty percent defense though. Fifty percent defense. All right, that's me. I want to stop people, and 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 I believe also in offense is is I, I've told you this before that I would work a lot on defense and free people up on offense with some basic concepts. You go play, you get a stop. I don't care. I don't care what you do. Go down on offense, push the ball into a screen and roll and hit the open man and then crash the boards. And I know it's more complicated than that, a lot more complicated than that. But I think we complicate the offense by being two thumbs down as coaches, mm. calling this play, that play. Basketball is a free-moving sport that has to move. And the, the Christian Lander tweet that came out about uh, pick and rolls, the dude can play. Turn him loose. Turn him loose. And players work on that a lot more on their own than they do – defense right so you're going to play defense the way i want to play and part of the reward is i'll let you do some of the things you want to do under the umbrella of what we want done but i think there needs to be freedom and so that makes we're gonna make sure that we're gonna make sure that defense is set okay that makes sense all right Uh, i'm sold uh james if you had to direct an i that's why i've been fired twice and an assistant Uh, if you had to direct an IU-based Space Jam, who is your all-time IU Jordan in the movie? A player who is very skilled, but also has the personality to inspire a crew of cartoon teammates. Uh, let's let's handle that one first, because then there's a, a second part of this question. I, I feel like Oladipo, at least of recent players, feels like the answer to that Easy. from a personality standpoint. But I don't know if you guys have other uh, nominees that you would throw out there for that as well. Yeah, if it, Drop yeah I, think, I think for that case, it's got to be... Not that he's like the best player or anything, but to fill that role, yeah, I think it would be Victor. All right. So the next part, and perhaps the more the more fun part of the question, uh, and as James puts it, and more importantly, who are the historic or current Big Ten players you would choose to be on the Monstars? Oh boy. Oh, that's a good one. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Ethan, I would. Ethan I mean, Happ, I, I guess feel like for sure. I always go back to. to See, I always go back to when I was a younger fan because those guys just seem kind of larger than life. Like Jim Jackson would be on there. Uh, Glenn Robinson would be on there. A.C. Earl would be on there. You know, some of those guys that were that were really good in the early 90s when the Big Ten was actually stacked and really good, like the Fab Five guys. 
I'd put them. Those are the monsters. And Jamie Skelton, because for whatever reason, he always made shot. Oh, Joel says any Iowa thug. Yeah, I was got like uh, Adam Woodbury. He'd be on there. Steve Scheffler. Steve Scheffler. Yep. Nice throwback. Matt Stiginga. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, you. Matt Tendam. You named a lot of the ones that I that I would have thought of from the from our our youth. Um, oh, Nick Anderson. Yeah, that was the Screw one. Screw you, Nick Anderson. That was, that was the one that you, as you were talking of uh, of guys. I was like, yeah, he would be one just for one one moment. Um, so yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, Hap more recently would probably be there. Um, yeah, I think those are those are the one. Uh, Jim Rowinski, that's a good one. From from my time there, uh, it would be Chad Austin would also be on there. From oh god, just yeah. hit a couple. Brian Cardinal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good, a lot of good answers to this. I think we've we've filled up the uh, filled up the roster of the monsters there. All right. Uh, yeah, James with another question: If you could retroactively make a current NBA super superstar and IU grad, which one do you think would have the biggest positive influence on IU's brand right now? Not who you think would have been most likely to win at IU previously, but who would get current recruits most excited about the program's legacy and brand? Whoa. I mean, it, it's easy to be a prisoner of the moment and say Giannis, but yeah. I think he would be an, um, an amazing representation of what you want Indiana basketball to be about, just with his humility, his work ethic, his team-first attitude. I've become a huge... I mean as I'm sure people across America have, but I've just become a huge fan of his. The more that you learn about him and watch him play, he's phenomenal. Um, and given the fact that they just won a title, you know, him, I, but actually, you know who the other one would be, I think would be Damian Lillard. I think he would be a really good one too. Cause he's, you know, kind of cool. He's, you know, kind of, you know, plays that modern style. He's a shooter, you know, good offense, first player. I think he's got a lot of cachet. Um, so he would be another one. What, what about um, Curry, Steph Curry? Small, undersized shooter, Indiana-type kid. You know, Indiana guys can shoot. I know he's he's uh, been in the league for a while and, and might have not have the flair of some of the younger guys. Um, but, boy, we need shooting, and that would represent that. I'm not, I'm not a big follower of the NBA. And a couple of guys are Kentucky guys, and I wouldn't even mention, you know, them just because they went to Kentucky to even think of yeah, that. But Tyler, Tyler has redeemed himself. He has another good one, which is Luca. Yes, Luca would, Luca would be a great one. I mean, yeah. he's you know the modern day Larry Bird. You know, that would be that would obviously fit the the Indiana motif. Yeah, I was tempted to say Giannis, but I yeah I wasn't sure how much of that was just you know being in the in the moment. And if this question had been asked a month ago, if I'd have given a different answer, but. I mean, he was, he is the two time MVP and defensive player of the year, you know, so it's yeah, not like no, he just he was, came out of nowhere just to win the good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally fair. Totally fair. Totally fair. Uh, all right. By the um, way, watch, did you guys watch a lot of the finals? I watched hardly any of it, to be honest. Like, I was actually able to watch some of it, you know, because it was on late. And man, every time I watched Drew Holiday play, all I could think of is Archie Miller must have loved watching him. He's like, the ideal Archie Miller type player. You know, he's an incredible defensive player and he just disrupts everything when he's guarding the ball. 
but he is such an inconsistent offensive player. He'll have games where he goes like two for 19 and then other games where he's just, you know, dynamite and an incredible player. Um, you know, overall, he was awesome. He was obviously a big part of the reason why they won. But he was he was just like such a quintessential Archie player where it's like the defense is is always good. He'd be the perfect Archie defender. But then the offense is just all over the place. You know, never have any idea what you're going to get from him. But it was a, it was a really fun series. I thought um, I had kind of low expectations for it. But I thought, you know, especially the last few games, they were really fun to watch. All right, so from Kathy, what football game are you most looking forward to because you think it has the biggest potential for IU to surprise people? Coach, thoughts on this one? Well, it'll have to be Ohio State. There's only one at this point, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think Ohio State's the only one that really, truly would surprise someone. Um, You know, obviously winning on the road at Iowa is going to be difficult, but there's not a team on Indiana's schedule that I'd be surprised they'd beat other than Ohio State. So um, for the surprise part of that, uh, I'm really looking forward to the the Iowa. I get to meet Kathy uh, and her husband. Um, Brent and Amy and I are going out there for the weekend, and uh, Mediocre Jay's going out, Galen's going out, and some guys from Hoosier Huddle. So, And it's football, and it's a stadium full of people again, and you can tailgate. So the one I'm looking most forward to is that first game, but Ohio State for the surprise. Race some hell out there. We owe Iowa for the crap from last year. So make sure you leave your mark. Don't get arrested, but yeah, you know, on, make sure Iowa me, City man. knows you were there. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. And, li- and live stream spot. it too. <laughs> Some of the guys at Usher Hutto got a parking spot in the top donor lot. It's like fifteen thousand dollar donor or more lot. They they somehow they bought it somewhere or secured it somewhere. So yeah, like we're gonna be with the real stop by and walk through the real big ones. So I hope I make the game. <laughs> okay. Do you have, let, a, you have say, a, a potentially different answer or, or a different slant on this? No. If, I mean, if the question is the biggest chance to surprise, um, then the only answer on from a winning perspective is Ohio state. Now, if you want to think surprise in a bad way, you know, I think there's a lot of games where you kind of look at it and it could go either way. You know, you wouldn't be shocked if Indiana wins, but you wouldn't be surprised if they lost Cincinnati, Iowa, Michigan, Penn State. Like these are all teams that if Indiana doesn't bring a good game, they're going to lose. But if they play well, they'll have a very good chance to win. So I think the only other surprise really would be, you know, losing to some, you know, podunk outfit like Purdue or, you know, or someone else like that. That would be surprising because we're a lot better and we have a better roster than they do. So that's the only thing I would say. But coach, I do want to ask you, you know, if you're in Iowa City and you're in this the high roller lot, you know, and you've you've had a little bit to drink and you're having some fun, and Fran McCaffrey comes walking by and he's had a little bit to drink and he's having a little bit of fun. What well, what would you say to Fran? <laughs> <laughs> I'd tee him up. <laughs> Just for looking at you funny? Just for looking no. You know, as much as I don't like Fran, I'd probably want to talk basketball with him. I mean, he is a division one coach and sloppily introduce myself and he'd walk away or get me pushed away by his security detail. But, um, coaches are coaches, even coaching. It's like pizza, you know, there's, there's pizza that's really good and there's pizza that's not so good, but it's pizza, you know? So, uh, I would be in awe of being able to talk to a big 10 basketball coach, regardless of whether I liked him or not. 
So if your recommendation is 50% defense, 25% offense, 25% skill development, what percentage of Iowa's practices so far have been allotted to defense? Uh, 2%. 10, 10%? <laughs> and that's just racking the basketball so no one gets injured. <laughs> the defending the injuries, that's all they're working on. <laughs> uh, you, you know, I, to, to go back to the question – I mean, the Ohio State one, I think, is the, the obvious one that would really be a surprise. But I think that Iowa game is an important one, too. I think it would be easy for people to chalk up last season as COVID year, maybe it's a fluke, things like that, to, to go on the road to open the season in a you know team that's always tough to play, uh, to really be able to do that, I think could... I think there's some people to be surprised. I don't know that IU fans would necessarily be surprised, and maybe that's the important distinguishing part of the question is like who are you surprising but um but but i think that might be you know those first few weeks really give them a good chance to establish hey this wasn't a fluke there was nothing you know strange about what happened this is really the trajectory that the program's on so i'll throw it out there even going to penn state i, I have no idea what yeah. it's supposed to be like this year but it's one thing to you know have beaten those teams at home but to really go on the road to a place like that and win that, that might be another one. Um, but again, I don't know. feel like I know enough about Penn State to know what they're really supposed to be this year versus just normally expecting them to be at least reasonably good. Yeah, I would actually, I, th I think I agree with you. You know, the we shouldn't be so quick to just say that it wouldn't be surprising if Indiana won at Penn State or at Michigan. You know, those are tough road games. And so, you know, we're kind of on this trajectory with Indiana football where everything is up, but we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. You know, like we still need to, the Penn state game was kind of one of those games where you weren't the better team all game long and you kind of pulled it out at the end and you needed some breaks to happen. Now they beat the hell out of Michigan. Um, but I, I think if you go on the road and win those two games, I think that would be a little, I think that would be surprising to, to do both of them. Penn state probably more than Michigan because Michigan doesn't project to be quite as good. Um, but I think if we're being fair with this team, we that that should still that would still be a a, a pleasant surprise. I think because winning on the yeah, road is hard, man. But being being a surprise is is not to me is like there's you wouldn't believe it if it happened, and when it happens, that's a huge surprise. You know, I I think we're on par um, with Michigan, close to being on par with Michigan, close to being on par with Penn State as far as football programs. The road makes a difference, yes. But if we beat them, I'm not going to be shocked. No, um, I wouldn't. It'll be take shocked. a great effort. Yes, it'll take a great effort, and we'll have to get the breaks and everything. But I wouldn't be shocked. Ohio State's just in another league from from everyone. Um, is why I think surprising fits that. It's nice to have a football program where you're not really looking at this like we got to win these seven because these are the only seven we're going to win, and the other four in the Big East. That I don't feel that way anymore. It's like yeah. I would pick Penn State and Michigan over Indiana, but we're going to go in there and they're going to have to play well to beat us, uh, which wasn't always the case. True. All right, so yep. last question from uh, the great Bob Thompson. Heard some good tailgating food tips on IU Podcast. Haven't heard much about good hoops food. What are your go-to foods when watching IU basketball games on TV? Now, I don't wow. know that we are the best people to answer this question because more often than not, when we have a show going on, I'm really not – I'm, you're so focused on kind of like taking notes and thinking about things and how angles that you're going to hit for the show that there isn't typically a lot of time for eating. I will sometimes try to uh, 
like eat dinner really fast at halftime while I have a few minutes or something like that. So I don't, this, this may not be the best panel to answer this question, but you guys, uh, Jerry, do you have any thoughts on this one? No, I agree. It's for me, it's always like if we're prepping for a show, there's really no food being eaten because there's a lot to do. And if I'm not prepping for a show and actually just getting to watch it, then there's lots of nervous pacing. Um, so it's gotta be like, for me, it's gotta be something like pizza where you can just like grab it with a hand real quick, take a bite, put it down, forget about it for a little while, go back to it, you know, 10 minutes later, grab another bite. Um, it's just a, it's a different experience, you know, football, there's so much time, you know, you can have, you can, there's lots of different things you can eat, you know, for a football game. Um, but you know, basketball, especially when the action's on, you know, you want to be focused on the action. Um, and yeah, you have timeouts, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe other people might have better answers, but I've never been one that does a whole lot of eating. Certainly no healthy eating during Joel, a basketball game. Joel's answer was antacids and booze. So, I mean, there's certainly <laughs> options True. That, within that realm. Spoken like the president of the Archie Miller fan club. <clears throat> it's um, it, it has to be something fast. Like you said, pizza. Uh, a lot of times I'm coming home from practice uh, and, and getting home at six twenty, six thirty. If it's a seven o'clock game, you're grabbing something at, at a restaurant on the way home. Uh, but I agree with you guys. I try to get that done before the game because you're taking notes and and watching a game, you know. So yeah, if we're just talking general snacking, like I'm a uh, like put chips and salsa in front of me, and I'll just eat the whole thing until it's it's gone. So that, like guacamole, buffalo chicken dip, that kind of stuff, but that's not really typically the things that I'm actually having <laughs> during games at this point. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, like I said, maybe there's, maybe there's better answers for that than, than we would give, but so, yeah. All right. Well, that's it. We're done. No more questions. All right. Well, that will do it for tonight's show. Uh, thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the assembly call. If you want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our assembly call radio recording. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for producing a lot of music that you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again in two weeks, planning to take next week off. And, uh, until then. Take it from me, Jordan Halls, keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. I like everything about that. Hey, the show's over. Here I come, Coach Tonsoni. <laughs> See you guys. Uh, nice. <laughs> nice. Nice, nice. Haven't had a chance to use that. <laughs> That's good. And in the, in the holster waiting to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, well, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, glad you that could join That was fun. Hey, good to have you back. Yeah, it's fun to be here. Glad you could join us. So fun yeah, we'll, to uh, be here. Yeah. So for we're planning to take next week off. I don't know when the NBA draft is. It that may actually is that next. Is that around? I think that it's time? next week. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if it's next Thursday. Might be yeah. next Thursday. Actually, that honestly has nothing to do with why we're not doing the show. But if it is, it'll conveniently fill the time for those that uh, for those that need it. But anyway, so we'll be back in uh, first Thursday in August, and we'll go from there. Let's see where Hard Luca Garza gets drafted. Absolutely. Perhaps, perhaps nowhere. We'll see. <laughs> we shall see. But anyway, all right, cool. Well, chat mom, cool. thank you everybody for being here. Thanks, uh, everyone. Appreciate it. And we will uh, talk soon. Everybody take care. Stay safe. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso released tomorrow. That Very could excited. be, yeah, I, that was, uh, I toyed with that as a potential banner moment uh, as, uh, for, 
for that, but we had to. We, we started other, watching it again. Man, it's, be, it's better the second time through. What a good show! We did the same. We did the same thing. We went. We rewatched it, so now we're all uh, we're all queued up and ready to go for tomorrow. So, Coach, you've watched that, haven't you? No, I have not. Coach, you have got. You are going to love Ted Lasso. Of all I'm the people sure. in my life who I know, I feel like you would like it and appreciate it more than anybody. All right, I'm gonna have to find it and you have and, to watch it. Watch it. I will watch it. I I just watch sports, man. I, it's sports or the news. It is, but this is sports. That's it. I know. I know. No, it is. It's a it's a really good show, and Amy will like it too. Like it's a sports show that you can watch with. Your I wife. gotta watch it with her. You don't have to, but <laughs> you know. All right. It is. It's good. You need. She's to watch looking it. for a new show, so. There yes. you go. You should, There's your answer. Yeah. Yeah. You should watch There's it. Your answer. All right. Awesome. All right. Thanks, cool. guys. See you guys. Good team. All right, we'll see, see you, coach. You. Thanks, you everybody. Too. Welcome back to the quickest podcast ever. Brought to you by Coles. Today's topic, fall style. Wait, wasn't it just June? Right? So I went to Coles. Of course you did. I got a cute Kara Santana for Nine West sweater for 25% off and a great pair of Vans. Love Vans. And save 25% on a champion hoodie for my husband. Ooh, sounds cozy. You should go. You'll get 15% off or 15, 20, or even 30% off with a Coles card. BRV. Select styles. Offers end September 26th. Champion coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or for details. With over 30,000 partner retail locations nationwide, Progressive Leasing has helped more than 7 million people with imperfect credit get the things they need. With Progressive Leasing, you can enjoy convenient, flexible lease-to-own purchase options on furniture, laptops, headphones, jewelry, mobile phones, appliances, mattresses, and more. Get what you need when you need it. Progressive Leasing offers lease-to-own purchase options, acquiring ownership by leasing costs more than the retailer's cash price. Visit progleasing.com to get started today.